Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, Lakers Fast Break, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We're back. We back. We back. <laughs> it's Mark. It's Mike. And it's Zach. And All we are us. here to remind you to give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, add us on Instagram, and on Twitter at X underscore breakdown. Um Let's talk about a couple of things this week. Uh, we're excited about this episode. All three of us are finally back, boys. It's, it's been a little while. Kind of little vacations friends. here and there. It, hey, it's good. We're back. We're good. back. I like it. So today um, is, you know, I don't want to call it an anniversary, but it is the day in which uh, in 2012 that Kobe um, tore his Achilles tendon and um, I've seen it all over Twitter. And, you know, I saw somebody say, you know, why are we all, you know, talking about and celebrating the day that Kobe's career, you know, essentially ended. And I look at it a little bit differently and it's something we want to hit on um, kind of early. I look at it a little differently. I look at it in terms of like how resilient he was in that moment and kind of how it defines his career. I feel like it, that that was him in a nutshell, you know, 34 years old, um, literally playing 42 minutes a night at the tail end of that season, dragging the Lakers uh, to the playoffs single, basically single-handedly Steve Nash was often injured. Um, You know, Dwight Howard was coming off an injury. They were not in sync and, you know, they were playing with Antoine Jameson and Steve Blake and, and others. And it was Kobe that, you know, determined that they were going to make the playoffs because that's what they do. And um, he was single-handedly over like a 17-18 game stretch, um, just destroying everybody still at 34 years old. I remember numerous dunks, you know, one up in Brooklyn, uh, one against uh, the Atlanta Hawks on Josh Howard in overtime after playing basically 40 minutes already. Um, Mm. He's gassed. I remember he split the screen and and he comes down lane and just – he finds the energy somewhere to just absolutely tomahawk. Um, And, you know, if you remember that game – Guys, uh, he started slow. I don't think he scored till it was uh, 32, you know, 32, 36 or something like that. And then he got his first bucket and he started going. Then he dropped Clay on a step back after to hit his third in a row in the first half. And then mm. the injuries started piling up. 
You know, he got bumped on knee to knee. He was already nursing a, a sprained ankle, which he was playing through. Um, and then he got hit with the knee to knee. And then he got knocked over and grabbed his foot again. And he kept getting back up. And it was just, it's Kobe in a nutshell. Um, I remember that game so vividly because it was a really crucial point for them to jump into that eighth seed and make a run at the, you know, a final run to get into the West. It's not like it is now with the playing games and stuff. And then he makes that move on the rookie at the time, Harrison Barnes. And when he made the move, you know, you guys can kind of talk about your memory of it, but when he made the move, uh, you know, I remember him clicking his foot down. So I thought, yeah, he, he rolled his ankle again. No question. Um, you know, obviously looking back, we know why he was doing that. He was feeling for that Achilles tendon. And I heard a story today from the trainer at the time, Gary Vitti, who said Kobe came out and he knew immediately it was his Achilles. He knew instantly. Uh, you know, he asked somebody on the court, did you kick me? And that's usually a telltale sign that, you know, that thing has snapped. And what he was doing, and I kid you not, this is from the words of Gary Vitti, is on the sideline before he shot those free throws, he was trying to roll his Achilles tendon back down so that he could finish the game. He wanted to finish the game. He knew it snapped, and he wanted to finish the game. And what does he do? I don't know that I – honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody walk on a snapped Achilles tendon – and he walks on the court and he makes two free throws, basically, to effectively end the prime of his career. Um, but I, I will always remember when he walked off that court, he walked off by himself. And I thought, honestly, I wasn't thinking Achilles 10 at all. I'm like, oh, he's going to go get taped up and he'll come back. And then they zoomed in on him right as he was leaving the court and he had tears in his eyes. And, you know, as a Kobe guy, I never saw Kobe with tears in his eyes. Sure. Um, and, you know, that was it. And I've watched that game now. I actually watched basically um, the second half of that game today. Just I don't know why I didn't. It's really painful to watch that moment, but it's really cool at the same time because it, it's what makes Kobe, you know, my favorite player of all time. And, and it's exactly the type of stuff that he used um, and it's what made him different. You know, who would do that today? I can't think of one person in the NBA who would even – consider doing something psychotic like that <laughs> he was right. you know he was he was a little bit of a psycho and in a good way um everything right as we've talked a lot about everything right about basketball but uh yeah that's my memory of it i know i kind of went through step by step but um you know what do you guys remember about that night and, and kind of what you felt about it well i tell you i was it was all over twitter today so i was watching um i watched they had like a six minute clip and it comes on and the Lakers are down 109, 101. No, they were down. Yeah. They were down by eight. 109, 101. Kobe uh, left three point bang hits one. Right. Then he jab, step, jab, step, jab, step, pulls up, hits another one from the top of the key. So all of a sudden it's 107, 109. And then the move and then all that you said where he's rolling down his Achilles. It makes me a little queasy just thinking about it. Hits the two free throws, walks off. So Gary Vitti, I've said this before, Gary, Gary Vitti has been the trainer for the Lakers since magic was in the league. He's been on the sidelines 
he retired just a couple of years ago and he's been on the sidelines for the Lakers for almost 30 years. And, you know, I, I did a couple of things that I don't usually do. I stuck around for um, hearing some of Gary Vitti's comments and watching the post game uh, presser that Kobe had. Gary Vitti says, I've been around a lot. He said, I've seen Kobe go through a lot. That's the gutsiest moment I've ever seen coming back out and hitting two free throws to tie the game. So he scores eight straight points to get them to that point. And then I watched the presser afterwards, right? And I'd never seen the presser before, but obviously it's all over Twitter. So he's talking to the media and they're asking him questions. And they said, did you know? And he said, yeah, I knew immediately. And if you watch, you know, Mark, you were saying that he said, did somebody kick me? You can see he looks right up at Harrison Barnes and Harrison says something. He like, he like uh, shakes his head. He's like, I didn't do anything. And I think that's right when he knew. So he's talking and he says, um, so how you feeling right now? He says, I'm just pissed. You know, I'm sad. I'm angry, but mostly I'm just pissed. And then he says, and this is where a little bit of his psychosis comes out. Cause he says, you know, uh, players my age, they tear their Achilles and they say immediately they'll never come back the way that they were before. And he goes, and you can see his demeanor change. He goes, I can hear it now. And I'm already getting pissed off. And he says, he says, you know, I was angry and I was sad and I was really frustrated, but then I went over and I saw my kids and you know what? I had to set an example. So I said, hey, daddy's fine. Daddy's going to be okay. And that goes back to what we talked about. He was at heart a killer on the court and an absolute marshmallow with his kids. But he wanted to show them that example. And then some, some reporter off to the left goes, so have we seen you play your last game? And he goes, really, man? Really? <laughs> You're going to ask me that now? And then he said, it, it makes sense that you're asking that from way down there. And then he stepped off. And I'd never seen the postgame presser before, but it was just testament to already his gears were turning like, oh, they're doubting me. 34 years old, Achilles, that's when people's careers are supposed to be over, right? I'm already pissed off at this and saying, I got to set an example for my kids. The guy was, um, he was just a straight, killer a little bit psycho and mark you're right i don't know i i was trying to rattle around some names while you were saying who would do that right now and i i I don't know but he he was he was a different kind of cat not durant with his burner accounts definitely not him not Kyrie. no you know i watching the replays today you know and you know mark you brought that up saying like people were like why would we celebrate the end of Kobe's career really technically. And, and to, and to me, it's, it's the celebration of that Mamba mentality. You, you go, you saw a guy realize his injury immediately. Gimp to the free throw line, hit two free throws just in case he can come back into the game and defeated. You saw him on the free throw line. He knew like he's kind of frowning. He he knew he was done. They have to foul immediately after he makes the two when they inbound it in Golden State. And and to me that it that was just all a testament of like that is the Mamba 
thought process that then to come back, you spend a year at 34 going into 35 of just going to come back and improve everyone wrong again, these doubters that I'm the guy, you know, not many people have the, who's the goat and put Kobe in there anymore. It's basically LeBron and Michael. And I know, um, Tink and Mike, you guys really have different, you know, like you guys watch Kobe to me more than anybody that I know. And, you know, Mike, I know you're a little bit more old school. You like the magic time, but Mark, you're the, one of the biggest Kobe fans that I've ever met in my life and will argue till your face is blue that he's your goat. The biggest Kobe fan I've ever seen. <laughs> the biggest Kobe fan. I see the jerseys hanging up on your wall when I go to your basement. It is like you are the biggest Kobe fan that I see. And that right there is probably one of the replays that makes you a Kobe fan, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely 100% true. And I actually remember you called me. <laughs> you literally called me. And Mike, you did too. Yeah. yeah both of you guys called me that night. It, it was like, it was almost like, you know, Hey, checking in on me. Are you good, man? Like, <laughs> you know, cause I remember I was, I was crying, man. I, after the game, I was in tears watching him go through that in the back. I, you know, I watched the pressure on sports center live. They went, they cut to sports center and they went right to him live in the back and watching him. It's just, it was heartbreaking. You know, he put all that, you just know how much he puts into it and you know, there's nobody that can match that. Um, but like you said, it's, it, it's a, definite celebration of who he is and why he was so great. And, and in my opinion, why he is truly the best to ever lace him up. Man, it's, it's the best my eyes have ever seen. I said that the other day, I'll go down fighting till my last breath with that. He is the best my eyes have ever seen. And I haven't seen better yet to this point. And I hadn't seen it before. I know there are plenty of people. Well, how could you say that, you know, MJ or magic, or how could you take somebody over cream? Well, to me, I just, from what I've seen from a pure basketball standpoint and literally almost mastering the game, as we've talked about in so many areas uh, to me, it's him. And so I, I celebrate that moment because it, it does as much as it hurts to watch. It also is a massive testament to his heart and what he, how much the game meant to him too. Um, and, and, and honestly a, a damn shame that towards the end of his career, he didn't have help. They, they, they had these old veterans past their prime that they would keep signing to try to come over there. And obviously Dwight, he didn't have the mental capabilities to really work with Kobe and everything like that. He wasn't ready for that type of right, right. leadership pressure. Yeah, that pressure that now, Lakers were going to give. Would it have made a difference if that Chris Paul trade would have gone through NBA fans? Uh, I would say <laughs> yes. I think those two were rattled off about another two or three themselves, which brings us to our next point perfectly. That actually was great. Um, the CP3 effect is running wild throughout the NBA again. Um, as he has led the Phoenix Suns to the number one power ranking status, number two in the West, and the Suns just keep winning games. And there's only one guy that has made the major difference this year on that team that's different, and that's Chris Paul. So, fellas, talk to me about, my goodness, the guy that just keeps on popping up in our shows, Chris Paul. It's amazing to effect. Me. It's, it's amazing to me, the CP3 effect, and it is. like I'm just going to start calling friend of the show because I feel like we've t- 
in, I would say, 80, 85% of the episodes we've mentioned his name and what he's been doing for the Suns this year at 36. I mean, he's the same age as LeBron, right? So he's 36, right? So we, we saw this little post uh, that popped up on Instagram, and I'm going to rattle these off, and it's the w- winning percentages year before CP3 got to that team. So before he got drafted, the Hornets were at 22% their winning percentage. He gets there next year, 46%. Clippers, 39%. Year after, 60%. Rockets, 67.1. And that's with James Harden there. We're at 67. Next year, 79%. OKC. And we saw he got traded and they were like, oh, they'll buy him out. They'll do this. They'll whatever. He was like, I'm going to stick it out this year and I'm going to teach these young guys to kind of play and be a role model for this team. 57%, he took them to 61%, and they made some noise. They were actually a team that nobody really wanted to play. And I don't even remember who else was on that roster besides him. (laughs) And then you go to the Suns. Last year, 46% win percentage, 72% right now. That is... It's a, it's somebody that's you hope that when he retires that he gets talked about more because I, I feel like not a lot of people bring him up at least yet as far as where he ranks in top point guards. And I hope that he gets that notoriety because he is to me for what I've seen through my eyes, Mark, you mentioned Kobe, what you've seen through your eyes, he is probably my favorite point guard to play the game. He's my favorite point guard, hands down. Um, he keeps coming up. I love him. I loved him on the Hornets. He was That was when I started watching the Hornets again. I was a huge Hornets fan back in the day with Grandma Ma and Bugsy, Bugsy Bugs and all those. I love them. And, and then when he got drafted and they had him and David West, love that team. Loved, loved, loved that team. Um, but at 30, he's, he's killing. He's killing. And he, he has a young team with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and, and those guys, and they're just fun to watch and they're, and they're doing great in the West. And they were our, Hey, lookout team to start this, this season. And they've, they've done better than we could have ever imagined. He is, he's just a winner and he, he's a chameleon. He fits in with any team. If you need some scoring, he can do that. If you need, you know, he leads, the, he's up in the top 10 in steals in the league every year. He's, he's not a defensive stopper, but he's certainly a defensive menace. And he just fits in everywhere. And, you know, Mark, to your point about CP3 going to the Lakers. Yes, I think it would have made a difference. And I think it's funny as we watch, um, you know, the Lakers get these buyout players and the, uh, nets get all these people and the last couple of years how this the warriors have built this team by the way isn't it funny that all of these teams are built to beat lebron <laughs> the celtics literally all the, of them the warriors the nets everybody's just getting together to beat lebron and lebron just keeps going and going and going and they beat him but he, he he'll get his but um but that david stern turned down that trade. Uh, it was made. He was there. Jerry West pulled it off and David Stern said no. And yeah, that would have made a difference. I don't think Kobe's, you know, playing 43 minutes a game 
that season if he had a little bit more. And that season was super frustrating because he he was at the pinnacle of his game. Mark, you've said this before. That stretch that season, he had enough athleticism to keep it going. Uh, I remember that that uh, Josh Hart dunk, not Josh Hart, um, that dunk over in, against the Hawks. Josh, I don't remember what his Smith. last name is. Josh Smith, goodness gracious, that big left. Who had all the, more bounce than anybody in the league. Yes, yes. And he was three inches taller than Kobe. Yeah. And he had the athleticism left to do that, but he had put all of the pieces of his game together. And he was basically at the apex of what he could be as a player. And so, uh, yeah, I think CP3 is a winner. I think that would have translated on the Lakers. And obviously, 15 years later, he's still doing it. I mean, the guy just, he's, he's a friend of the show. Definitely a friend of the show. You know, they say like the best players are the best leaders. You know, they're the teammates and the guys around him. Um, they end up, you know, becoming kind of who that person is in a lot of ways. And it just, it shows exactly who he is because the sons are feisty and they don't back down all of a sudden. And, you know, they're ready for a fight every night and they're ready to defend home court. And all those things are ands, 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 and they all describe Chris Paul. And that's, I think that's what makes, you know, him as a player so special because the best ones get guys to follow their lead with that. And then eventually the other guys end up being able to do that themselves. And you saw that in OKC and you've really seen that everywhere he's gone, except for with the Clippers who he could never get Blake and DeAndre and JJ Redick and Barnes. He could never get those guys to take it because they all kind of had their own plan. And that, that's ultimately why, you know, they didn't make it because he brought them there throughout the regular season and playoffs plenty of times. And he trusted them, you know, down the stretch to make those plays. And they never did because they never bought into who he was as a leader. You see guys that buy into him as a leader and all of a sudden you get the results like this. And so that's what makes the best. And that's what makes the best point guards specifically to your guys's point. You know, the best point guards are, you know, they're the generals, they're leading everything. And he does that obviously to perfection. He has throughout the most of it, you know, majority of his career. And I don't know that he'll get a ring ever. Um, and I don't know that he'll ever even make a finals. Um, and quite frankly, that's LeBron's fault. So <laughs> that's the case because, for a lot of people, though. Yeah, exactly. He's just another one on the list, unfortunately. Um, you know, even though he's played a majority of the time in the West, you know, he's he's had to go through, you know, they just they always come up a game short. So they always get to a game seven and then they always come a game short. And I think if they get to a game seven this year, he's gonna he's gonna toss up about 30 shots because he's going to say, if I'm going down and my career's coming to an end right. of game seven, we're going out with me being the one to lose us again. I'm done losing the games, trusting everybody else. Right. <laughs> and so, that, you know, it's Chris Paul in a nutshell. It's it, like you guys both said, it's so fun to watch. And I really hope the Suns make a run to that Western. Con I'd like to see a, a Phoenix and Lakers Western Conference Finals. That'd be fun. Oof. Yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, cause Phoenix fans, if they're allowed back in the arena, Phoenix fans are no joke, man. They, they right. bring it dude. And think talking about that. I posted my favorite Kobe play in Phoenix and, uh, you know, when Lamar Kobe Odom. Over, uh, he, he's my second favorite Laker yep. of all time. He's, yep. 
him and Kobe are are the two that stand up the most. But those fans rock, man. They, they bring it. So to be able to go from Phoenix to LA, that'd be fun. And it'd be fun to watch Chris Paul and LeBron go at it one more time with a chance to get to the finals on the line. Um, but I was thinking about something real quick. You know, if they made that trade, correct me if I'm wrong, they would have had Pau Gasol still. They would have had Kobe. Meta still would have been there, and that would have it would have it would have extended his career significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have lost Lamar Odom, but they had were they losing Lamar in that trade? Wasn't it Lamar and Bynum? Yeah, and I think they still had Ariza. And oh, maybe they had a, was that before Meta came? I thought that was after. Maybe let, I'm going to check the details here in a minute. But the point is, they had a core. Yeah, I mean they had a big three in Gasol and CB3 and Kobe. And what's amazing to me when you look at the trades like that happen now, like that trade was chump change to everything, you know, that we see on a a yearly basis. Lakers gave up Bynum and Odom. Listen to this. This is what, here's the trade. It was, it was a full deal between the Lakers, the Hornets and the Rockets. The Lakers would have gotten Chris Paul. The Hornets would have gotten Lamar Odom. And that's it from the Lakers. Oh, so the other ones, the other ones were Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, and Goran Dragic from all from the Rockets. So they would have kept, they would have kept Bynum and Gasol and Meta and Kobe and CP3. Yikes. Yeah. He said yikes. (laughs) But the deal was done. Uh, Oh, oh. The league owned a majority stake of the yeah. rights. That's yeah. right. I had forgotten that right. detail. That's the only reason he's able to do it. Yeah. Th- that, but that whole thing, that, that whole thing was, was silly, especially looking back now where there's just super teams. I mean, right. Everybody's. Uh, yeah. Speaking so, of, yes. speaking of super teams. Oh, was there a game on Saturday? There was two super teams just faced off. Uh, and those two teams were the Nets and. Um, the Lakers, and we're going to talk a, a little bit about the Nets because here's the thing. The Nets have got some major problems. I know they've been winning a lot. I know their stars have been in and out. I get that. Fair enough. They have got, even at full capacity, they have got some serious problems ahead of them in that Eastern Conference uh, playoff race. And I would I would be, as as much as I am kind of penciling them in to make it, as and, and I agree, and I think that probably could happen, it is just as likely that they get knocked out in the first round. I'm being serious. I mean, that team could implode tomorrow. It really could. And it's not just injuries. It's it's mentality and everything in between that as well. Uh, they got a bunch of goofballs on that team, man. They really do. And they're listen. I if if that's all it takes to get Kyrie, you know, revved up and kicked out. And all, I mean, dude, guys. Does he know what's – I mean, he's made it to – he's won a championship. He's been in the playoffs plenty of times. Does he understand what's about to happen to him mentally? This is going to be torture for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's something to say when you're, you're the most mentally tough guy on the team is James Harden. Exactly. That To me, that's that's a huge statement when you go out. Like, if we go our roster, you have three huge stars, and Harden's are – our leader in most mentally tough, our rock guys. That's not good. But with that being said, the Lakers decided to take him to the woodshed regardless. And, you know, the recap of that game to me was how dominant 
how dominant the Lakers can be defensively. Yeah. And when you are able to get any sort of stops against the Nets, which the Eastern Conference has got some good defensive teams, man, you can score 125 like that. And even without your two best players, really, and they were out uh, Wesley Matthews, and they were out Gasol, and they were out Kuz. So they're out five dudes, right? They had nine players, and they took them to the woodshed. Uh, <laughs> I Tell me what you guys think, man. You know, is is this a problem for them coming up? I don't know. Well, th- that brings up a good question. Would you rather have a great defensive philosophy to, and then find an offense around it, or would you rather be able to outscore everybody and play enough Ole defense to keep it close. Well, sure. And, and let's not fool ourselves, guys. The Los Angeles Lakers won an NBA championship last year because of their dominating defense. That's why they won. You can make offense work because you're going to have to slow down in the playoffs. Zach and I, we talked about this uh, the other night. You know, When the playoffs start and things slow down, what is it, what are you going to do? <laughs> You know, I mean, you have got to figure and sort things out quickly. And that's where a guy like LeBron James is the ultimate X factor on offense because he yep. figures things out as the game goes on, as Coach O has said a couple of times as well. And so that, you know, all of a sudden now he can play, he can play chess in a playoff series. Everybody else is just trying to keep up because if you can dominate defensively, LeBron will take care of the rest on offense. He'll he'll get the flow going. That's why he's he's that guy and and makes life so easy for everybody. And that's why I think the Lakers will run away with another championship this year because they are damn good defensively when they lock into a game plan. Frank Vogel is as good as it gets defensively. I was watching their rotations. Holy smokes, can they defend? Yeah. You posted that where they, you know, they show on the pick and roll and then you got the rotate guy comes and gets him on the screen. And what I love best is THT is guarding two people. He faints to go inside and then comes across and gets the uh, gets the pass to the weak side. They're they're unbelievable. And and the the nets are glass like you just sort of tap them and they just start cracking. And I mean, I saw a tweet. It basically said, uh, first of all, Schroeder's got to play somebody of Kyrie's status every night because that kid was lit. He was, he was ready to go. His fuse was lit and he just went, but basically it said Kyrie saw that this wasn't going to be an easy win. And so he wanted out. Now (laughs) who knows if that's the case, but you go in against a depleted Laker team and you think you're just going to blow them up. And all of a sudden you're in a dog fight and Schroeder, what does LeBron call him? Right. Dennis, the menace, that, that guy gets under your skin. And then, you know, what he said is what he said, but for heaven's sakes, Kyrie, you know, to your point, Mark, you think people aren't going to be talking his ear off for the rest of the season. And Durant's not going to come to his aid. Durant's like, hey guys, look, can I just can I just play, please? Yeah. And can I just and, shoot? because when you force me to be a playmaker, I'm pretty average, right? And 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 Harden's not going to run over there and bump chests. He's going to be like, eh, I'm going to step back from this. <laughs> See what I did there? But it, it, they're glass. I'm I'm nervous. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I don't mind if they implode, but I'm nervous for them because it just seems teetering. Now, the three of them have played less than seven games together, right? 
So who knows? Maybe they go out and score 145 points, but they're not going to do that in the playoffs. You're playing the same team seven games in a row. You're not going to do it against good teams. You're not going to do it against average teams because even average teams can scheme you and you can't out athlete everybody every night. You know, size is still their biggest weakness when they go against teams that have size in the paint and, and can kind of slow the, their offense up a little bit. And I'm, I'm watching the, the 76ers Mavericks game right now. I'm not convinced they'll get past them in the Eastern conference finals. Right. I'm watching Embiid and the Houston now have Howard coming off and they're, that they're shooting the Danny green I mean, they, to beat them. I mean, they really, really are. Um, as long as 76ers and Embiid's lower back stays healthy, I, I I can see that going seven games and then it's kind of a toss up on who wins that seventh game. I, I could see them going. I can see the 76ers beating them in Eastern Conference Finals and then LeBron and then the Lakers just demolishing the 76ers well, in four games. But I, I, I think that they, yeah, they should be scared of the 76ers. The side they picked East. up was LaMarcus Aldridge. Right. And Andre Jumman came for his second game with no toenail and beat him like a drummond. Ah, uh-huh. I like that. Oh, that's nice. That was, I don't you know, even set that up. That just kind of came as it went. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm proud you're of you today. For, you're two for two this second. Yeah, Dude, I'm just proud of you. I'm you just, had a nice I'm, vacation and you just I'm came just, back fired. So, <laughs> I'm just so, pun, pontificating. So here's, the, you know, <laughs> let's, let's talk through this for the next, for the next minute or two. Cause here's their real problem. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is a below average defender in any capacity, whether it be he switches or he's guarding down low. He's below average. Blake Griffin is below average at this point. Uh, Kevin Durant is still a good off ball defender. I think he's not as explosive on the ball. I don't know that he ever was. Uh, He, with his wingspan, he's still a good rotate locker. Kyrie Irving is not a good defender. I don't care what the announcer said on ABC. I heard them. Oh, he doesn't get enough credit. No, he's not very good defensively. Uh, Joe Harris is horrendous on the defensive end. And, you know, then you have James Harden, who is awful. Also, as we know, you know, he's very below average on the perimeter. Now, he can body some guys. Uh, he can belly bop a little bit down low, but he's other than that on the perimeter. He's, he doesn't listen. That's not his thing, guys. It never has been. Don't think that at 30 or 31 years old, however old he is, that all of a sudden he's just going to miraculously become this great defender. He is who he is defensively. That's not going to change. So, your top six guys, you have one decent defender. I mean, that, yeah, that. That's not going to get it done. And you don't have a defensive coach. You have Steve Nash and Mike the Pringles, man, Mike D'Antoni, who is over there going bonkers all the time. That guy can't teach defense. He's horrible. So I, you don't have a defensive coach anyway. So I don't know. I Yikes. It stood out to me how really bad they were with the Lakers being down so many players. So Well, and I, I want to get I want to get a 45-second – thought from you, Mark, and Zach, if you got something too. I was watching, and their defensive scheme is switch everything, and the Lakers would run this sort of half pick and literal roll. They wouldn't even pick. they just kind of roll in. Kyrie would switch down low. Schroeder would pass it to the opposite wing, get it right back, and he'd have a big man on him. And they did that seven possessions in a row. 
And their defensive scheme is just that. It's we can't guard anyway, so let's just switch everything and then see what happens. And then they try to help from the from the weak side when they throw it down low. And any good offensive team is just going to swing that around. So were you seeing what I was seeing, Mark, which is they were just hunting that top of the key mismatch with Schroeder. Yes. Yeah, every time. And, you know, they, they had that rookie center in there and he was getting roasted. And anybody else that they threw in there is just not good, really bad overall. So Nets got to figure it out. That's for sure. Uh, Lakers exposed a lot of their weaknesses and a lot of teams took notes. Lakers in five. Lakers in five. Okay, so hey, uh, hang with us. We will be right back. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We appreciate you guys hanging with us uh, during that short commercial break. Um, again, add us on Instagram and Twitter. We say it a lot. X underscore breakdown. Give us a nice little review. We appreciate them all. Um, we're back. We're going to talk about a couple more things. Um, Zach did not tell me what he wanted to talk about, but he said he had something on his mind. So, Zach, go ahead and let us know what you got. As we all know, Papa Stinks over here, Coach Tink, is not a huge fan of the Clippers. We saw a quote come through from Sir Charles, big old boy, love that dude. Talk about your Clippers and said, and I quote, I've been poor. I've been rich. I've been fat. I've been in the Hall of Fame. And the one thing I can tell you is the Clippers have always sucked. Now, if that's not one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard that man say, yep. oh my gosh, the world in harmony. That's right. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know what? I'd like you to eloquently read that again, as you just did. One more time. Bring it back. I've been poor. Yep. I have been rich. Yeah, he's been both those. I've things. been fat. Yeah, definitely. I've been in the Hall of Fame. He has. Still is. And the one thing that I can tell you is that the Clippers have always sucked. <laughs> it's just brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So good that we can bring it to you twice. <laughs> well, Thank so you nice. Clippers, I'm going to need you to come out of the game. <laughs> you need to come out. Sounds nice. Make it uh. twice. Well, thank you for that. Uh, so transitioning, yeah, that really is how the show should end. However, I know we got a couple more things we got to do. God, what a glorious ending that would have been, though. So I need that audio. Something else we want to talk about is how many – it's kind of a testament to the league right now, honestly, and the amount of athletes, just sheer freaky athletes in the league. Um, but that Miles Bridges dunk – uh, yesterday, I believe it Yikes. was on Clint Capella 
Uh, and the best part about it was the Hornets announcers. I thought, <laughs> I thought that they just lost their children. Um, they were screaming. They were screaming for the aid of Clint Capella. Mm. <laughs> oh my God! He just took a man's soul. <laughs> I thought I was watching WWE or something. I don't even know what they said, but it was something along those lines. I was waiting for Jr. to come through <laughs> and say, "You oh. can't do this." <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, what a dunk. I know Mike, you, you were the one that sent that. What my God. I mean So we we just had this argument two months ago if we've if we've seen the best in-game dunk in history when Anthony Edwards just demolished a man and stole his soul. And I'm this might have been better. I mean, the guy cocked it back like to his waist behind him and kept going up. It was, it was like, um, we're going to need to check on the announcers after this dunk because they might have also died. It was unbelievable. I, I it, it might be better. I don't know how, cause he, he, I don't know how he kept going up because he didn't even like ride on him or anything. He just Look. kept going. I just have to play this and I hope it comes through for the audience, but I've yes. got it pulled up and I just have to just play this audio clip. Just listen to the commentators. considered i want them as the lakers announcers so bad those guys are amazing i mean you want to talk about getting me involved hyped up in the oh game give me God. these guys holy mother that was amazing oh my word from bridges <laughs> that was freaking great man that's, and that's what makes the that's nba so good you know what i mean oh yeah oh. so that, that's ta- I, that's taken over the for dunk of the year for me. Yeah, yeah I don't know if that's, that's better. One. I don't know if that's better than Anthony Edwards though, guys. Oh, oh my yeah. lord! Really, dude? I, that poor man. I yeah, I don't maybe. know. I don't know if he's been in an NBA game since. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know who that was. I can't. I remember his face as it was happening. Breaking yeah, news. Right. Breaking news. Clint Capella just retired. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, dude, that was a career ender, I think. You're right. That uh, guy's on yeah, milk cartons. They're searching for him still to this <laughs> yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, missing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was decent, though. It was decent. All right, Mike, you're up, man. Let's finish this thing out. All right, gentlemen. So I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. All right. So we've got. We've got a would you rather, but I'm going to switch it up just a little bit and we're going to do start, bench, cut. Cat, Gobert, Kristaps, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Kristaps Porzingis. Start, bench, cut. Go, Mark. I am going to start Carl Anthony Towns. 
I'm going to bench Kristaps Porzingis, and I'm cutting his ass faster than he can. But I hate Rudy Gobert. That was an easy one. Next. <laughs> that yeah yeah I yeah I don't like Rudy Gobert at all. Um, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns going to be a starter. The only thing that makes me even want to say Gobert, which hurts my heart, is Kristaps is just always hurt. Um, that's the only thing that even makes me consider it, but I won't consider it. He's uh, go bears off my team. So I'm going to do Chris stops off the bench. Thank you. Start bench cut Russ. Luca. Dame. Oh, mama. Oh my Lord. <laughs> um, I am going to start Luca. I'm going to bench. Oh, boy. I'm going to bench Dame Dollar, and I'm going to cut. I can't believe I'm cutting a guy that averages a triple-double. Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Man, I am going to – wow, that is the hardest thing. I'm going to start – jeez. I'm going to start Dame – Bench Luca and cut Westbrook. Yeah, I can't believe I'm doing that either. Yeah. All right. A couple more. Start, bench, cut. Zach, you go first. Jason, Jason Tatum. Trey. Zach Levine. Tatum. Wow. Trey. Zach. Trey Young, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. This might surprise. I'm going to go. I'm going to start Tatum, bench Levine, cut Trey Young. Okay. I'm, I, I'm going to do the exact same thing, to be honest with you. Okay. So now I found one today that we have to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is start bench cut Lakers edition. Oh, come on. Okay. You have to start bench or cut these duos. First duo on the screen, Magic and Kareem. Second duo, Kobe and Shaq. Third duo, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Fourth duo, Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West. Start, bench, cut. What? We are all going to answer this to finish. Which, by the way, does this not tell you how incredible the freaking Lakers are? My my God. All right, give me that. Say that one more time. Okay. Magic and Kareem is is duo number one. I'm assuming all in their prime. The, the oh prime. yeah, these are these are yeah. their primes, dude. These are their primes. Kobe, Shaq, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, LeBron. AD last year, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain. This is when they played wow. for the Lakers. Yeah, it was Lakers edition. Wow. Um, Mike, I'll let you finish. You cool if I go and take this one first? Yeah. All right. I'm going to. Good lord. So we're only so we're doing start bench cut. Yeah, one of them's not even going to be on. No, one of them's not even getting cut. They've get they've been released. 
They've been fired. Um, I'm going to start Kobe and Shaq and, and bench Magic and Kareem. Wow. Am I doing that? Wow. That's I, right. You just I, cut Russell Westbrook, so. Yeah, uh, sure. I'll just ride it. Kobe, I'm going to start Kobe and Shaq for sure. Kobe can, is Kobe. Shaq's dominating. Magic and Kareem. How can you cut Magic and Kareem? But it's LeBron and Anthony Davis. I'll ride it. Whatever. Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem. Go ahead, Mark. I want to finish this one up. I am starting Kobe and Shaq. I am benching. Magic and Kareem, and I am cutting LeBron and AD. <laughs> I wish I wish everybody could see your face uh, right now. It's like you're gonna cry. God, this makes me want to puke. I guess that's it. And I'm, I guess I'm putting Chamberlain and Jerry West to free agency. <laughs> Holy mother. So I'm also going to start Kobe Shaq. Kobe Shaq, uh, that 2000, early 2000 run was the best. Duo I mean, ever. They, the they best just, duo ever. Yeah, ever. They just posted Kobe stats. Mark, looked this up a minute. Or Zach, looked this up. Oh, I saw Kobe, 2001 Kobe playoffs. 2001 where he averaged 27, seven yeah. assists, six rebounds, two yeah. steals. And he was a complimentary piece. Yep. Unbelievable. So there I start. You guys are going to be surprised by this. Braun and AD are my bench. Oh. So Magic and Kareem played in the early 80s. Kareem was on, he was still a force and he still won an MVP, but he was not the dominant force he was in the 70s when he was with Milwaukee and even the late 70s. And Magic, by the time he really got rolling, was like, now, <laughs> by getting rolling, it's more than uh, winning uh, Rookie of the Year and the MVP of the finals. So I recognize <laughs> that, that he came in with a bang, but by the time he really got rolling was like 84, 85. And at that point, Kareem was... So I can't get their peak at the same time. And the same thing with Jerry West and Wilt. Wilt had Wilt was towards the tail end of his career and he while he was still good. So if I took all of those players individually at their peaks, which maybe we can do next time, that how I'd rank them would maybe be different. Yeah, I'm doing the beep-beep-bop. But I've got Kobe Shaq starting, Braun AD on the bench, and the other two cutting Magic, cutting they, Magic and Kareem, and you are. I've never yours. yes. I'm so all, all three of us are letting Jerry West. They're going to the buyout market. Un, un, unbelievable. Now part of that is you know I could talk to. Uh, people one generation older than me and they'd be like, no, I'm cutting LeBron and AD because right. you didn't see them. And I get it. Right. Uh, but they were, again, Wilt was a little bit farther along in his career as was Jerry West. So yeah. man, that was a good one. 
that one was tough. tough. I told you. Was, I was, saw it today, and I I puked in my mouth looking at it because I couldn't. Okay, okay. I was. Yep, I got it. Can Can I give you one more? Yeah, yeah. Let's roll one more. One more. All right. In their prime, start bench cut. Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki. Mm. David Robinson. Oh, oh, oh wow. I'm I'm starting. Wow. <laughs> the Admiral. Admiral's so good. I'm starting Kevin Garnett. I am benching Dirk Nowitzki and I'm cutting David Robinson. I know how good he is and I know how crazy that is. But that's wow. what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm actually starting KG. I'm going with David Robinson as my bench and I'm cutting Dirk, which is cr- still crazy to me. But the Admiral, you need to show some respect on me. Uh, no, I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Mike, I got to hear yours on that one. What's yours on that one? Dude. KG was. KG. I mean, come on. Yeah, I have to start him. I mean, I probably have the same because. I don't know. At the end of the day, guys, Dirk Nowitzki was a bad mofo. (laughs) I I might go, I I might go, I might start. Oh, gosh. See, David Robinson, you're going to get defense and you're going to get, but he's not, you have to get him him the ball. He's not a go-to. And KG was just an animal, but Dirk could put up 35 any night. Yep. Against either of those guys, too. Yeah, Dirk Dirk was – I've never seen a human being be that – almost that automatic. I mean, Dude, on that run yeah. in his prime, oh, my God. That was next level shooting. Would you say KG is the closest to a Mamba mentality that you've seen? Uh, I don't know. I think KG is a lot of bark, too. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say K, KG – KG would not have gotten back on the free throw line. Correct. But yeah. he he would have uh, on his way down turned around and barked at Harrison Barnes saying, yes. "Why'd you do that?" Yes. I I just feel like KG's a lot of bark. I love his. I mean, don't get me wrong though. He was. I don't know. I just feel like he he's not the same as Kobe. I, honestly, the only thing to compare to Kobe is MJ. That's it. Uh, yeah, uh, they're two of yeah. two of the same. Yeah, in terms of mentality and stuff. So, all right, boys. Hey, thanks for playing along. Well done, well done, well done. A great episode. Good we episode sixteen. Listen. And uh, guys, we will get together again next week, and we'll have something just as good next week, hopefully. So, for Zach, Mike, and Mark, we bid you adieu. Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. Peace out, guys. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.